Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Monday, December 12th, 2022. And our top story today, stop thinking of yourself as elderly, the self-perception of the wise and the wrinkled. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more is Patricia Priato. She's the E.T. Meredith Distinguished Professor Emirata at Drake University. Pat, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for having me, Jeffrey. Yeah, it's great. And and I, I really love this piece you wrote about how we think and talk about aging. And and before we kind of get into maybe how to do it better, how do how do people generally think about or talk about aging? Or is it do they talk down or is there self-deprecation about aging? Oh, it is such a wide spectrum. Are you talking about how do we talk about it ourselves, those of us who are, you know, well-seasoned? Absolutely. um, Okay. Well, we often make it a joke. Um, We are an excuse. I do not get up from a chair as quickly as I used to. And I say, oh, I'm getting old. We forget something. We say, oh, I'm getting old. Um, So we make these little jokes and these little excuses that are sort of low level, but they're little chinks. You know, they sort sort of make us start thinking of ourselves differently. And, um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, there are the things that happen that make us realize that old means more than just not being able to get out of the chair quicker. Old might mean a, a significant change and the quality of your life. And, you know, it might mean that, hey, um, as all of us will eventually, we're going to die. Um, it just might seem a little closer to some of us. Yeah. So, um, and some of those kinds of thoughts can be a lot more dangerous because they make us stop doing things the way we might normally do them. Really good point. And I, I want to ask you, before we talk about how to speak, um, how we should speak about ourselves and, and maybe be more uplifting, what are the negative, you know, even though you said there are little chinks in the armor, it's self-deprecation, hey, you know, uh, my back's hurting me today, um, and we're all guilty of it. But what, is that, what does that translate to? What's the result? It's not just, does it just impact us or does it impact those around us as well? That's a that's a good distinction. And my focus in the piece was on ourselves because I don't think we think about that very much. I don't think we realize that we are sending messages to ourselves. I think we think that we are sending messages to other people saying, you know, hey, I know this. I realize I'm a little slower moving. Um but I think the danger to ourselves is then that becomes a self-image. Then rather than say, why don't I try to get up from this chair a little faster? You know, why don't I try to use not the arms, but, you know, 
build my legs a little bit more. Um, so it becomes, rather than just a verbal excuse, it becomes an action. We start acting differently. And, and then other people can see us differently, too. If we start saying we're old, then other people see us as old. I got to tell you, a big thing to do is surround yourself with younger friends because my younger friends won't have any of that. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of, and I want to get into that in a second, but the causation around that, um, you know, that what, what causes, is it societal that, you know, we have just have a view of in society, whether here in America or in other parts of the world, that we have a view of uh, seasoned or more experienced people is the way I like to refer to it. Um, but, you know, that we have a view of age, we have a view of, and, and we presuppose and our prejudice in some ways have biases towards um, the elderly. We, I think it's a, a, an American thing more than in some other countries. I've been noticing lately, I like to watch British mysteries and I've been noticing the women in those mysteries and how many older women they are. there are and how their faces have not been fixed. <laughs> you know, they've just got the wrinkles that they've earned. Whereas in the United States, we have our older actresses. Uh, we don't see them as much, I think, as we see in those. Um, and when we see them, they are intended to be cast as an old person with a message. Mm -hmm. And um, many times, you know, they've had so much face work done that sometimes they're a giant pair of lips. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> we'll have to do a show on plastic surgery. As you're talking, I'm thinking, hey, we should bring up, we should talk about Botox and some of the, the, the know, things of what I, they actually mean. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that would be interesting. And so we were, <laughs> I think aging just means, first of all, we're expensive. Um, you know, where we... I'm mostly retired. And so even though, you know, I think I've earned my retirement, there are those that say that, you know, she's not contributing. Um, I think that we're frightened of the idea of death. Many other countries are much more, you know, accepting uh, other cultures. I don't mean just other countries. I think indigenous cultures here are very comfortable about death. But we're terrified of it. And so aging is a little too connected to death. It used to be in our society, Pat, that we revered, you know, the, 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 the older family members. They stayed with us. They lived with us oftentimes. We took care of them. Obviously, a lot of people now don't live in the same hometown that they grew up in. They may not live with their parents. They may not live with their grandparents in the same geographic area. Why the, why the, is it really that, that the perception has changed because people really don't have that connection to their own parents? Because I know I wouldn't treat, I know how I would treat my mom and my dad and their significant others. And, you know, I, I revere them, even though that I, I don't live in Baltimore anymore. But maybe many people don't feel that way. And because they're not close to their, as close to their parents, maybe they have this new view on older people. I... I think that is part of it. I think because, you know, you talked about having the grandparents and taking care of them. 
But I think the other thing is also, too, that the grandparents took care of the children. That's true. And so it, it was just part of life, that, you know. Grandma and grandpa were there, or just grandma or just grandpa. And then they just got older, and then that was just that. And now it's, you know, we see our grandkids two or three times a year, which is fabulous because they live, you know, 1,200 miles away. Um, and so probably each time they see me, I'm a little bit older. So it's, you know, but nevertheless, we see them enough, I hope, to make that consistent. But to them, you know, we're we're part of the family yet sort of separate from it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not answering this very well. So no, no, I, I think you make a really good point. Pat, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about redefining how you talk about aging amongst yourselves and your friends. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. 
Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The Tax Relief Line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Well, Pat, thanks so much for sticking with us. Really appreciate you hanging out for segment number two this morning. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, this is this is fun. I think we need to have more of these types of conversations, and I hope this show uh, and this particular show helps change some of the conversation. You made a you made a comment um, in the first segment that you surround yourselves yourself with younger friends. Um, is that one of the roots to maybe re, kind of redefining aging and how people perceive us, and also how we perceive ourselves? Yes. Absolutely. Um, I benefit from that. I, I was a teacher for most of my career. And many of my students you know, sort of turned into my friends. Uh, so I see them a lot. And I have a whole you know, bunch of, of young people with whom I go for coffee or lunch. And the discussion is just so different. We typically discuss social issues, politics, and, you know, we talk about their kids and, and my grandkids. And I love hearing from their perspective and, you know, reliving the kind of lives that they are now living. And I love hearing their take on mine and the fact that they, I get pushback from them if I try to act terribly young, I get pushback from my kids. If I terribly young, <laughs> I terribly old, um, I get pushback from from these younger people. Uh, just kind yeah. of a loving. Well, I, I mean, I think I naturally have gravitated towards people that are older than me because I value the experience that they have um, and the wisdom. I mean, that at the end of the day. You're, you know, successive generations are supposed to kind of do better than the last generation, right? So I want to know, hey, you know, what went wrong? What are some opinions about X, Y, and Z? Maybe I can do my job better. Maybe I can just be better at life or a better husband or whatever. Um, yeah. And that is that. Um, how do we change that mindset? Um, that 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 mindset that many people now have kind of gravitated towards. Where all right, it, you know, maybe the the opinions of the older population don't matter as much or, or they knock themselves? You know, I think with many things, <laughs> we have to use our voices. Um, we have to talk about it more in a positive sense. I love it when I do have lunch with these younger people and I'm pretty active on Facebook. I go every day 
well, not every day, almost every day for a walk. And one of the things I do on my walk is take a picture. And I live across from a lovely park. And so I have, you know, a great many things to take photographs of, mostly nature pictures. And if I don't post anything for a few days, I will get comments from people saying, are you okay? (laughs) And um, so... This normally, you know, to me is is just a way of acting, but I get the feedback from people. So that makes me want to go out and walk more. And so I think just people saying your photographs are great. You know, you walk so much while you walk in interesting places. It's great to see you out there. And that's just encourages me in that behavior because you know words lead to behavior yeah and we talked so much about the behavior that we should walk a lot we should exercise we need to watch our diets we need to do you know read and and things that improve our minds um but we don't talk enough about the fact that we need to talk about that that there are ways of motivating that action that if you tell me you miss my photograph, well, then I'm going to put my coat on and put my boots on and put my earmuffs on and, you know, slog out to the park and thoroughly enjoy myself. But without that sort of motivation, without people saying, you know, where's your photographs? Yeah. Uh, last question, Pat. And, and, and I don't know. This is kind of a societal question, but I don't know if you remember the, the odd couple um, oh. or grumpy old men. And there was a perception that maybe ha- helped set some of the perception around older people. I mean, some of those, those were comedies. And, and of course, they're, they're lampooning a certain, based on the stereotype. But then you look today, and I just saw the trailer for the new Indiana Jones movie. Harrison Ford, I believe, is 80. And he's in an action movie, the last, the final uh, version of Indiana Jones, and it will never be played again, supposedly. I mean, I guess, you know, Disney can do what it wants to do. But does that change actually help? You know, he's he's swinging from a bull... I haven't seen the movie, obviously, but I assume he's going to be swinging and from a bullwhip. He's going to be running around riding horses, just like they do in some of those old-time serials and like they did in some of those old movies. Does that help um, kind of change the conversation a little bit, too, knowing that Harrison Ford... Is, is it's a movie, but he's an, he's an action hero at 80. I think it absolutely does. And I think having, you know, there's a lot of complaint about how old our politicians are that they, what is that called? Uh, that we have a gerontocracy in Washington because somebody. <laughs> I had never heard that, but that, that, yeah, I, I guess. That's the term somebody used. Um, and I think, well, look at these people. Listen to them. You know, they're vital. They're active. They're smart. They're out doing things. Um, So, yes, those kinds of showing us, showing us how it looks to just be a person and not be referenced by your age, you know, be referenced by what you do and how well you do it uh, is important. You know, I grew up as as a journalist. And one of the things we learned, you know, when we wrote a story was something like Patricia Priadle, comma, 76, comma, won the Nobel Peace Prize, you know. Um, 
you know, and the, the age was always there. So, you know, it has always been a defining characteristic. And, and in this country, too often we've made it a defining negative characteristic. Yeah. And we could also get into the fact that, you know, Harrison Ford is a man. Um, That's true. That's true. There are some extra barriers that women have to face, that women are the ones that have the plastic surgery more often and that a men, go, men get old and, you know, they just look like leaders. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I, right. And it's probably a conversation for another, another day. We probably have to tackle that one as well. Pat, we're going to leave it there. Really appreciate the, uh, the great conversation, great piece. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you, Jeffrey. I really enjoyed it. And good luck with what you're doing. And thank you for doing it. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, or visit our website, and of course, all of our 300 streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.